Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jabroni Drive. On this week's episode, Roman returns, the bloodline, the judgment day, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Cody Rhodes, Crown Jewel, Rey Mysterio, Logan Paul, Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Jimmy. What do you got to say to all the Schmidt-Lavellites out there? Tom, Tom, you know what happens? You know what happens, Tom, when you when you don't listen to Jabroni Drive, Tom? You know what happens, Tom, when you bring up CM Punk on the beginning of Jabroni Drive, Tom? You just made the list! <laughs> <laughs> this stupid idiot! I love it! Oh, man, I love it. And I love that, Timmy. I think that is my new favorite entrance to Jabroni Drive. Hello, everyone. We have a great episode lined up for you this week on Jabroni Drive. It was the season premieres on SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. A lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. Timmy, let's start with Roman Reigns' return. Roman returns. Now, something I want to talk about real quick. Of course, and, and I'm glad he addressed it, but of course, the show starts and whose music hits. It's the, it's the SmackDown season premiere. You know it's a season premiere. You know who's coming back and whose music was the first one to hit to come out. None other than You Can't See Me, Mr. John Cena. He has to be the first one out. He has to thrust himself into the spotlight. Timmy, it was a mistake to have him be the first one out. It should have been Roman. And John should have came out later to address Roman, not the other way around. My opinion, but I feel like Roman should have started the show. We've been almost two months without him. He's the champ. He's the guy. He's the needle mover. The tribal chief should have been acknowledged and been the one to start the show. And he mentioned that to John Cena. Now, look, I think that's why. He was the one that started the show because it gave him the opportunity to say, hey, what are you doing out here, dude? Like, I feel like that was purposely done. Um, regardless, look, Cena is, has been here for, what, a month and a half now. We talked about this at length. Um, you know, he serves his purpose. He's he's done his due diligence. He's now – it's time to move on, all right? We've we've now we've, – we've graduated from – Cena and his uh, writer's block, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> we've well, we've called we've called him Goofy Cena for for quite some time now. He he's turned into a caricature of himself, which sucks, but that's what he's become. Yeah, and what happens? What I did like is when he said that he's not out here to call out Roman because he hasn't earned a match, and that's the truth. He has not earned a match, so at least he can acknowledge that. I'm just sick and tired of him having to be the guy to like, he's the one that's saying like giving LA Knight the okay in these matches, you know, big moment. Now LA Knight comes out and confronts Roman Reigns. This is great. I'm just hoping that are are we going to be done with Cena and his like, you know, being like the guy to put over LA Knight. I'm just, I'm just curious. And 
look, this is probably not the time to talk about this, but I'm just curious as if to know if, if, if it were like a stone cold or if it were, you know, like a, the rock, if he was still floating around doing what scene is done, would you have a different perspective upon on it? A little bit, I think. You know, I they're they're, they're different guys. I think Cena is how? a wannabe. How? He's a wannabe rock. He's a wannabe Stone Cold. He's yeah, not but he's them. he's also considered one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, he's... and I you know when I say that he's a wannabe rock and Stone Cold, I mean that's wannabe. Everybody wants to be the rock and Stone Cold. They're the they're the top, and Cena is, you know, point like one B. You know what I mean? So he's right there. And his longevity and his matches and all that other stuff speaks for itself. But I just feel like L.A. can stand on his own now, and he could have come out by himself. I don't think like Cena's implanted there for the for the draw of John Cena and all that other stuff. But like, I I, I just feel like you need to disconnect L.A. Knight and John Cena for for a little bit. I don't I don't have a problem with it. I still think that L.A. Knight could use a little little rub. Still, I mean, it's not the Waller the rub that that everyone's been getting lately. But look, look, LA Knight, you, I'm not you specifically, but this guy is still brand new into his stardom. Like he has not. Like we we're sitting here talking, Tom. We we were texting about this, and and don't lie to the listeners. We both feel that he's not ready for Roman Reigns yet. We no. said that. I don't think he's so, ready for Roman. So then why what's the issue with having a little John Cena rub? I don't understand. Well, I why guess he... I should say I don't think he's ready to beat Roman. You know, he's not ready to win yeah, the but title. We, but we see we talked about how it was a great moment at Fastlane when he's in the ring with it's him, it's Cena, and it's the bloodline. Like those are four guys or well three guys that he wouldn't even have seen maybe not even been like in the locker room like you wouldn't even have seen a backstage you know cameo from la night in the background like of of any of those guys interviews right in the background right like so i i just don't understand why you still have an issue with you know la night being in the same company as john cena who's one of the greatest WWE wrestlers of all time for the for the time being. I mean, it's just a it's just a little rub, dude. I don't get it. I don't understand. Okay, your... and I think I think we should move on from it. I feel like he shouldn't be. He doesn't need the Cena rub anymore. He he had him. He raised his hand when when he won. You know, a match at what what was it? Payback. He wins <laughs> a match at Payback, and he's the guest referee, and he raises him hand. And he doesn't know, and then. You know, he needs a tag team partner, and L.A. Knight comes out and help him, and then they win a tag match, and he gives him the, the thing, and now he's coming out with the blow. Like, he's the one that's introduced by Cena. Like, I just feel like Cena was hated because he was pushed down your throat, okay? He was hated for a long time when he just came in, and it was like he was the chosen one. They used to sing, John Cena sucks when his music hits. John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. And I wish they would go back to that, not because he sucks, because it's awesome. It's almost like a you suck chant with Kurt Angle. But he's going to be that now he's going to lose some of his edge if you start pushing him with John Cena because now it's like he's the chosen one. Is this John Cena's decision that 
LA Knight is getting this push? I mean, is that the case? Because no, no, if not, then you don't need John Cena anymore. No, I just don't. I mean, I, the guy's been here for two months. He's gone. He's gone now. I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's as big of a deal either. I'm just saying I don't think we need it anymore, you know? And I'm not, like, upset that it happened, but it's like, all right, enough of the – like, I want to see L.A. Knight. He doesn't need John Cena out there babysitting him anymore, you know? It's not like it – is, you know, John Cena said it's cool, so it's got to be cool, right? Like, we don't – yeah, we knew it was cool before John Cena, you know? Okay. And so if you're pushing it with John Cena, I think you're going to get some pushback. But, you know – I'm just a psycho. <laughs> you, are. A, you are. He's seen Cena and, and Rollins and Becky Lynch all seem to be in, in quite the stable in your head. <laughs> they, they I love start, John Cena. I like uh, Seth Rollins a lot. The problem with Seth Rollins, and I I will just oh, say no, this no, 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 one no, time no, before no, we move no, on. No, this is no, my no. problem with Seth Rollins is this. I've set the bar too high i expect excellence from seth Rollins. he was my chosen one and after he got injured and after he injured a couple people i think he's become too timid and too safe in the ring that he's caught himself into matches that are just that are average so that's all i mean he does some cool stuff in the ring but the story in the ring i don't think is that great and i think my bar is so high for him he was supposed to be my next Shawn michaels my next hbk you know the goat in the ring all time. You know, that's what I was expecting from Seth Rollins, and he's not delivered to that. So that's why I wanted to bring that up because it hit me the other week, like after our show last week. That was going, but let's uh, keep going. Dave Meltzer, 4.5. Yeah, Dave Meltzer. Who cares? Dave Meltzer, 4.5. Well, I'm, I'm giving it a, what I see out there, and Meltzer. Oh, 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that match a 4.5, him and Shinsuke, in your opinion? Oh man, yeah, it was Shinsuke versus Seth Rollins, Last Man Standing, a four point five out of five stars match. I had on it the at, Schmidt scale. I I had it a tick above. I had it like right around a four seven. Hmm, couple dopes now. So there's a there's a there's a Meltzer and a Schmidt dope. You got to get off that Meltzer train. <laughs> Start thinking for yourself, Timmy. Start thinking for yourself. Starts with fresh air. All right. So. <laughs> All right, so we have L.A. Knight, we have Roman Reigns come out, and then it turns into a match between um, L.A. Knight and Solo, which was a good match. At the end, here comes Roman Reigns spearing L.A. Knight, laying him out, and and, uh, a a cool moment, and it's going to lead to some interaction. I'm very interested to see how the mic and the back and forth on the mic is going to be with them because that's where LA Knight yeah, no, really yeah. sets himself apart. Yeah, the LA Knight stuff was really was really well done. Um you know, he comes out and and he's uh, again he's given this opportunity to deliver on such a big level. And we've seen him climb this just steady mountain of who who's next right who are these next guys that i'm going to be pitted against and dude the culmination is roman reigns and yeah you know we we saw the interaction with paul Heyman before and yeah with solo before he's had his matches here and then with jimmy uso and now boom head of the table la night you know 
versus Roman Reigns. It was electric, man. It was cool. It was really cool to see. Um, and again, that journey from where he started to where he's at now is really incredible. Um, and it's been a meteoric rise, and he handled himself in the ring pretty well. And he's got this knack, LA Knight does, with quoting certain, you know, yes. stars from the past, and he 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 kind of goes into uh you know certain just he little things seen that... his music this past week yeah, on the show yeah. yeah and it's 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 cool that he's paying homage to even when he takes a shot like he did with you know big daddy cool himself um he took a shot at him a couple weeks ago but um it's just he's starting to really find his way and it, it, it's really cool to see. And the solo match I thought at the end of the night was, was pretty good. It was weird. Like there were some weird things that happened with like the lighting um, strange, but you know, I think there was like a little miss spot too there. I, I just don't think solo is a very good wrestler. Uh, we're not in on solo. All of us, like me, uh, you, the HJB, we're all kind of like, he's in this spot, but he doesn't really deserve it. He's just in the family. And, He's not like he doesn't move emotionally. I don't think he moves me at all. You know, to, what do you, to, mean? you don't you don't buy those screams? No, you don't buy, huh? they're played out too. You can't do it all the time. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's yeah. His screams are equivalent to almost the thank you sometimes. You know what I mean? Thank Where, you. Yeah, at least that's funny, and your crowd yeah. gets involved in it. The screams and like you know he's gonna hit him with the the spike. It's like. It's cringy. It's like, oh my god, come on, dude, put on some shoes. So, Tim and I, I just want to, what a great shot too. The the camera work and and stuff they do in the in the on the show is incredible. That shot where they're close up on L.A. and you can see the reflection in his glasses of Roman. I mean, incredible shot that we pointed out when we were texting back and forth, and I, I love that. And I and I am very excited to see where this goes. The season premiere certainly delivered a lot going on. We're going to come back to to the the match later, but it ends with the uh, title match, the tag team title matches with uh, Jay Cody versus um, uh, what is it? A town down under, <laughs> which I think is clever. I like those guys back and forth. But we'll we'll get back to that match and those tag teams. But at the end of that, they're walking down the aisle after the match, and the bloodline music hits, and out comes Jimmy Solo, and you're thinking, "Where's Roman?" And the camera work again cuts, and boom, there's Roman. The stare down between the brothers, a stare down between Roman and Cody. It was a great moment. What are you doing on my show? Clearly, he was drafted to Raw. What is he doing on SmackDown? But I'm being funny there, but of course, that was a great moment and a little nugget. We're starting to get these stories to develop a little bit yeah. more now. Now we've got a face to face. What do you think of all that, Timmy? And what what uh what do you have to say? <laughs> no, we've we've been begging for this. You know, we it was like a rudderless ship for for a little while, uh, and there's a, like look just. Another thing that that's out there is that you know it's been put out in the media that Endeavor has fully given Triple H 
full control of creative. So there's no misnomer that Vince is now pulling any strings at, at all. So now we're seeing, it seems like that, you know, the story writing is starting to come into play and we, we get our first nugget of Cody versus Reigns. And I said this from the start that the only way this dude finishes the story is if he beats Roman Reigns for the universal title. And I firmly believe that's where it's headed. Um, but we're besides like that, like, like that moment was, was really big for me because it, it feels like it's starting to push the story right in the direction that we needed to go, whether who knows what that direction is, but we're getting a direction. That's the important thing. And <laughs> as much as we, we sit there and we say like, and it's probably because there was no direction with, with the bloodline. And we felt like the bloodline storyline has been beat. And then all of a sudden Roman Reigns comes back and the bloodline is forwarded, thrusted right into hyper TV. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, all right. And, and Heyman, I think there was a quote going around the internet about like Paul Heyman saying like people think that the, the bloodline storyline is played and this and that. And it's like, dude, Roman Reigns is the guy that makes it work. And when he's gone, yeah, it's going to get boring. But I mean, I'm taking them out of context here, but I mean, it's something along those lines, right? Like that. We're in the third inning, I think he said. Yeah. Yeah. And Cody like alluded the, to that too in one of his promos. Yeah. But I mean, he is the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. And there's just that aura about him that yeah. makes it more relevant. And, you know, Heyman does that too. A lot. How about a shout out to Paul Heyman for dyeing his hair black? You know, he let it go gray when Roman wasn't gone. Everyone was commenting on his look and how he good. And next thing you know, the first night Roman's back. He's a show. <laughs> he's a showman. He's a showman. That's uh, just like that's next level. Like he is so good. Like he's just the best, dude. Those little things that he does are just so incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was a great moment, and hopefully, there's more to come with that. Um, I, it's just the tip of the iceberg and, um, you know, it's all, it's all leading to WrestleMania in Philadelphia, Tom, and we are well on our way, buddy. That's right. So let's get back. So there was the tag match for the championship on SmackDown. I thought it was a good tag match. Um, some great in-ring guys, fun, entertaining ends up with Jay and Cody getting the win, uh, and then the showdown, the stare down later. The following night on, or the following show, Monday Night Raw, you have another tag team championship match, this time with the Judgment Day and Cody and Jay. And the Judgment Day comes out on top, obviously with foul play in there. Jimmy Uso comes out and kicks Jay, costing them the match, costing his brother another title yet again. The... The thing I want to bring up about that is there was a big question. Why, why is, why did we even put the belts on Cody and Jay? Why did we even do that? What a waste of time. And you also mentioned the you, uh, North American championship with Dom. It seems like, why are we having him lose and then win it back? And then the same thing. And it hit me in the backstage on SmackDown. 
Jay or Jimmy and Roman were talking about what's going on and everything that's happened and how it was an embarrassment that Jay and Cody had the titles over there. And he said Jimmy to take care of it. So I think the only reason they had them win these titles was to set up the story for Jimmy to come in and cost Jay again, yet building their feud a little bit more. Another nugget, another chapter in that betrayal of Jimmy Uso, now the ultimate betrayer and uh, ultimate rat. What do you think? No, I mean, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that little situation from SmackDown. Um, like what he tells him to take care of it. Um, but it is, it's strange for a title of that magnitude to switch hands that quickly. Uh, you know, we saw it a little bit years ago and, and with the, the WWF title where it was just seemed that it was a hot potato for a little while. Um, and I like that part of it. Uh, you know, I've been calling for that for, for a little bit too, as well. Like to just, Hey, let's, let's get these titles to change hands a little bit, but, um, it's a little bit of a mess. Uh, we talked about that last week with the tag team division and how there's not really that clear cut, you know, dominant tag team, you know, just out there that, that, that is really going to take it to the next level or actually contend and, and make it relevant. But like, they keep on putting these, these tag teams together, like a town down and like they're a town down under and Cody and Jay. And it's just like superstar tag. Let's throw him with this guy. Let's see how it works out. You know? Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't understand that method. I just think you need to to build that tag team division a little bit better and 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 create something with it. But uh, I mean, it seems like they're they're going to tie it back to the bloodline, which is fine with me. If that's the the role, it's that's the route that they're going to go. I mean, all things lead to the bloodline anyway, and let's roll with it. Yeah, I mean, I could see Solo and Jimmy becoming a uh, tag team and and champions. I think that would be good for Solo. Jay, I think, can be on his own. Jimmy and Solo, I think both need to be with somebody, you know, they're not ready to be solo <laughs> yet. So we have a couple tag teams that are good. Timmy, I, I want to mention real quick the the build of Jade Cargill. I'm really liking what they're doing with that. Seems to be like they're presenting her as Triple H's chosen one. She's had run-ins with every top female star in the biz right now in the back. They're really building her into this megastar that she has the look. Let's see if she can deliver. But I like what she's doing. Do you like what they're doing with her and how, how they're building her up slowly like this? Yeah, it's a slow rollout. Uh, you know, you show the goods. You don't let the people touch them yet. And it creates a want um, and a need for for this person, right, to see this person in action. And, you know, it's a great tactic. Uh, and I think Triple H was pretty obvious in his press conference. He said, look, it's going to take time. Like, this is a different promotion. This isn't AEW. Like, we do things bigger. We do things better here. And we're not just going to throw her out there until she's ready. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe she's working behind the scenes and and mastering her skills and, you know, perfecting her craft and yeah, by the time she gets in the ring, like it, it might be a different Jade Cargill that 
you know, we've seen from W or AEW, but I mean, I know she's raw. She's only been in the business for about two years. Right. So um, maybe we get to see somebody that, that we haven't seen before, but it's uh it's cool. It's a cool build. Um, It's not like a mysterious build like that. You normally see with like new superstars coming in, like all of a sudden, like, yeah, you'll see somebody pop up at Royal Rumble and you know, their work. This is kind of like a different type of, of situation where they're like, Hey, like this is the new guy or this is the new girl in town and this is who she is. And you know, like she doesn't wrestle right away. It's just, it's just kind of a weird, weird build up, and it's a different approach different. That, they've, yeah. that they've taken. Um, but it's cool. Past. Yeah. It's really elevating her and making her look like the superstar mm-hmm. that she has the look. There's no the, doubt about that. The, the most interesting one so far for me has been the interaction with Charlotte Flair. That was really cool. Well, that's going to be a great match if they can get those two together. You know, I'm I'm really excited for that. The Charlotte Flair, it was short Becky Lynch, even Rhea Ripley. I mean, you know, she started putting her with some of these. I wonder who they'll try to go with first, though. There's you know? also there's also a rumor that um, Bianca Belair is coming back to the TV pretty soon. So it's another one that's in the fold. All right, so. They've been building up Jade Cargill, and it's been a nice run. Another big moment from SmackDown on the premiere was the announcement of a new general manager, Mr. Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis, if you're not familiar with him, was the NWA champ for quite some time. He's only 37 years old, Tim. There's a lot of tank or a lot of gas left in that tank. You know, LA Knight's 40. He's obviously jacked. He's he's a monster. He's a cool guy. He's got a good look about him. I'm excited about Nick Aldis and where this is going to go for him, his wrestling career. I'm hoping he's going to be in ring as well as the general manager. But his first move as general manager, I think, was a big one. And maybe you can have your thoughts on this because I know you're a huge fan. KO is now on SmackDown, no longer with Monday Night Raw. A big trade, a big moment for him. Where do you think this is going to take Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in these storylines now that they're separated. We've been calling for yeah. this for a while. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's just, it's been documented that these two guys are better off on their own. Uh, yeah. They've each had their own success and not, not more. So uh, Sammy than, than Kevin, but uh yeah, Sammy's stardom rose during that whole bloodline run. And I think he would have been better off if he capitalized on it as soon as that ended. So, you know, he could have you know, really built off of off off his solo career, but for some reason they decided to go the opposite direction. But I mean, KO has been a champion, you know, for you know, how many other belts does he want? I you know this a better. Ton. Than you know, he was a long reigning uh universal champion and he was um, kind of a chosen one and he's been you know united states he's been uh in our, he's done he's done almost everything nxt champion um a couple times so yeah. kevin owens has done it all and i would agree with you that between the two i feel like kevin owens stands better on his own than yeah Sam. yeah um and sammy comes out and he does his his promo on raw he leads off with Raw, and it looks like they're trying to get him, you know, in that upper echelon of talent, right? Like where 
hey, this guy needs a push. Let's see what he can do on his own. Um, first promo is it was okay. You know, he is a rah rah guy, and like he he has that great music behind him and all that stuff. It's just uh, it's it's we got to see what his purpose is, right? And like his backstage stuff is a little kind of like strange a little bit. Like his interaction with Jay Uso that one, like on Monday night roll was a little strange, like where, you know, like that, that segment where he chases them down and apologizes yeah. to him. It's like, it's full blown acting. And it, it was like a little weird, but um, I just think that like, this is what was needed and he's going to get an opportunity here now to, to deliver on his own. And same way that LA Knight does, like, you know, like he's going to be put in situations where he's going to need to deliver. And, you know, when he has those opportunities, he's going to have to, he's going to have to, you know, pick it up and, and, and make sure that he hits on all cylinders. So uh, Kevin Owen, I have no worries about, I'm just curious as to what they're going to do with him on SmackDown. What are the plans for him? That's yeah. It. But they've needed some star power over there, and I think he's a great addition to SmackDown. Uh, you could put him right in there with a Roman Reigns, and uh, Kevin Owens versus L.A. Knight would be really entertaining, you know? And yeah. Back and forth. <laughs> of course, they're both faces right now, so that would be a little bit difficult. We'll see where they, they have him go, and I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some bloodline interference with his matches too. That story, you know is that's it's a long story with those guys and we'll see where that goes now that he's on his own so a lot of talk on monday night raw and let's go to the drew mcintyre seth rollins promo really well done seth rollins if anything can cut a great promo the outfit was a little bit much for me to, th- this this week but whatever that's his that's his deal he does the crazy outfits with the sunglasses uh, whatever he was wearing um he's a wild and crazy guy he's a wild and crazy guy i kind i i liked how they were going back and forth i like drew talking about you know he's not over it he hasn't lost and then i like seth saying for the first time in a long time the only person you're gonna have to blame when you lose is yourself timmy then there's all the backstage stuff with drew mcintyre talking to multiple people he brought up they brought up the uh, elephant in the room, him talking to Rhea Ripley in the background the week before. They they talk. He's in the back with Sami Zayn, and now they're going to be having a match next week on, on Raw. Drew McIntyre has been dropping these nuggets, saying things that are not face-friendly, you know, saying to Sami Zayn, you've never been a world champion, so you don't know what it's like. He talked about how he was a champion during COVID, and there was no fans there to to go crazy for him and that how it went full circle and he got screwed at clash at the castle and all this stuff is true. And it's kind of real stuff. It's great build for me for the Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre match. When's he going to turn heel? Is he joining the judgment day? I think he's going to, I, like I said last week, I think he's joining the judgment day. I think Damian priest is going to be out. The new leader of the judgment day is going to be drew McIntyre. That's bold. That's bold. And you are a man of of circumstance. You are a man of prediction. You are. <laughs> you are an innovator. <laughs> a revolutionary. Uh, revolutionary. The architect. Uh, oh, how about that line, too? When you reinvent yourself for the 300th time, you know, he said to him, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, we're going. Mean, 
Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, I, I don't, I, dude. Th- this whole Judgment Day thing has been kind of weighing on me because I don't know where they're gonna go with it, right? Like because <laughs> they could give them back the belts, and then like there's just like this the weird dissension, and they're still like they've never been really a, a full cohesive unit. Like it seems like every episode. Yeah, there's always something, you know, that's happening underlying with them, right? There's going to be some sort of like turn or, or what have you. And dude, adding members really hasn't been the thing because JD McDonough is still like a leech on their, you know, on their, on their side. You know, he's just he's still there every once in a while and and does really nothing, in my opinion, for for Judgment Day in general. It would be really interesting to see that happen. Your, yeah, your whole scenario with Drew joining Judgment Day. That would be a major move, dude. That would be a really major move because, I mean, they're the the only mouthpiece really that works for them is mommy, um, right? You know, Finn Balor and like and Priest have this like hokey, weird like thing about them and like they suck on the mic and like, I guess it kind of works with one way or another I don't know but like they have somebody like when the edge was there when he first started that whole process it's like all right yeah I can now see it right and now like mommy has taken over and it, it it's brought some legitimate legitimacy to the judgment day but having Drew McIntyre in that role would be a whole different scenario in my opinion um that would be a formidable group yeah. that would be a top tier group that's bloodline top you know what i yeah. mean like could yeah. you imagine drew mcintyre kicks out damien like damien priest goes to cash in they turn on him drew mcintyre wins the title he's now the heavyweight champion and at some point there's a confrontation between the bloodline with roman jimmy solo and the Judgment Day, maybe that leads to a War Games or something like that, and you have those War Games Bloodline versus Judgment Day, you know? Or even, uh, maybe you just said this and I just missed it, but what if, you know, <laughs> they Drew and Seth have their match, right? And Drew wins, okay? Priest comes down to cash in, with Judgment Day, cashes in his money in the bank, and they just beat the shit out of Priest. And Drew pins him, and he's now the new leader. Is that what you're saying? That's what I said last week, and that's what I'm saying today. Jesus Christ, that's that's pretty diabolical shit right there. Dude, That what a moment that would be, though. Would that be incredible? Well, it would be good because... And then, like, this is the the heel turn is always one of the biggest ones that you go, oh shit, right? Right. But this doesn't have that feel to it because he's been hinting towards turning heel. So if it was out of the blue, that would be cooler, I think. If like we didn't have this like heel shit from Drew, and then all of a sudden it flipped, yeah, well, like a like Hogan going like going NWL black, right? Like. Yeah, but I almost like the idea of is he like 
what's he doing? Because like when we don't know what he's doing, he's kind of with everyone, and he's accusing people of doing heelish stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, Jay, I don't trust him at all. Like, you know, he's very much deflecting onto other people. And if he were to turn, he's a complete hypocrite and a complete bad guy now joining the Judgment Day and the betrayal of their brother. I mean, Damian Priest has been in it from the beginning, you know? And so that would kind of lead to... And then I feel like that leads to Damian Priest and Bad Bunny versus, you know, uh, Finn Balor and um, Dom Dom. In a tag match, you know, you get Bad Bunny back in there that way. And Drew is just this, like, dude, Drew and Mommy coming out with the two titles and the judgment. Like, man, that's a badass group, dude. That really yeah, is. You also have Mommy or or Dom turning on Mommy at some point. Like, you years got... down. This could be a year down the line, two years uh, down the line. I'm saying uh, eventually, you know, it doesn't have to be. Like, I don't want that to happen anytime soon. But mm-hmm. I just feel like. What a moment, like two years from now, Dom turns on mommy. Like, dude, that would be an incredible moment. Yeah. I don't know. My opinion. All right. So anything else you want to say on Drew McIntyre or uh, Judgment Day before we move on, Tim? No, no. I mean, I, I, I think we've wrapped it up nicely. Just, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've kept, look, they win the titles back. Uh, and it's been... You know, like they, they, Dom lost that North American title. He gets it back. Yeah. The Judgment Day loses the tag team titles and then they get it back. Like they're still building it up. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't give them the titles back if they didn't feel like they're they're a formidable, you know, recognizable heel stable in the game. So like there's still obviously belief in these guys. So, um, depending on who, who, changes things at the head like look this money in the bank thing needs i think needs to get worked hard soon um and i think it needs to be what was money in the bank money in the, the summer bank. yeah i want to say in july july i don't know maybe maybe we're just we just want something to happen with it i don't know i mean how well, long i just is... think it just shows that damian priest is not the guy to cash in for a major title like get rid yeah. of it already you know like he shouldn't he should not win. I don't think he's ready for the heavyweight championship. He's certainly not ready for the undisputed championship. So no, no. He's not that guy. And I'm that's not a knock on him. He's had a couple nice moments and I feel like he's done okay as far I feel like he's he's peaking right now, you know. Right now it's like putting uh putting the title on Bob Backlund. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean and 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 look for this is just one more thing too. Look for something to happen where one of the other guys from Judgment Day, like Damien, to get injured or like something where he can't compete one night for a title match and someone else is competing in his in his stay because then they can strip the title off of Damien if they do turn on him eventually too. All right. And I want to say shout out to Seth, that Seth Drew match. We are building to that, and they're doing a great job of building that match in particular for Crown Jewel. Another match that's being teased for Crown Jewel will be at the L.A. Rams game this past week, Mr. Ray Mysterio, and at his pay-per-view fight against some guy. I don't know who it was. And Logan Paul calls out Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio accepts whenever you want. I'll beat your ass, he says. 
Logan Paul versus Rey Mysterio for United States Championship being teased for Crown Jewel. Timmy, what do you think of that match, and where do you think they go? Um, they they both. I mean, I think they fit each other's styles. Um, Logan, right now, obviously, is the more superior athlete. Um, you know his his work with Ricochet. Um, was just incredible. Uh, you know, you seen him in the Money in the Bank match too, as well. It w- was really good. Uh, I, I expect this match to be really done well. There's not going to be much of a build up to it. There's not going to be shit talk. It's just not what Ray Mysterio does. Like it's just like, hey, oh uh, yeah, you call me out. Yeah, I'll, I'll wrestle you. All right, and then they'll wrestle each other. It's not going to be like a back and forth, right? I, in my opinion, I don't think there is. Is there? Uh, what? They'll be back and forth. Logan's going to be on SmackDown this week, and then on Raw the following week. He's going to be on this both weeks now. Both yeah, but shows. like Ray's like promos are like cookie uh, cutter, like Disney. Well, Ray is, yeah. yeah. I mean, like Disney Plus. There's not going to be like some sort of like, yeah. We're going to fight, and I'm going to yeah. give you the best that I got, and it's going to be a great match, and. <laughs> May the best man win. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. Not even Arasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Logan, I mean, Logan might take some, like, dude, Logan's as good in the biz right now as anyone. And honestly, I hope he wins the title because I really feel like it'll elevate that title that's been missing that for a while. You put the name on that, and whoever he wrestles moving on from there is going to be an elevated match, too, because. It's well, not just WWE famous now. It's globally. It's his yeah. market famous. Yeah, you're right. And there's there's something to that because now you have a guy in Logan Paul that becomes really a mid-card Brock Lesnar where you can have a guy like him just elevate these matches, like you said, because he's a guy that crosses – yeah, different platforms, right? He goes to, you know, to the boxing stuff. And then, you know, he's a big TikToker and all that other stuff and YouTube and whatever, all that other shit. So, um, you know, he's a guy that you can have come in once a month and, you know, cut a promo or, you know, twice a month, cut a promo, get in and out, you know, scuffle with somebody and build up really a match for the next pay-per-view. And, and he can, he can wrestle, six times a year possibly, you know, and and get in and get out and deliver really good results and hold on to a belt for a year, you know? Right. And then when you know when he's on TV, it's going to be must-see TV and that belt might be on the line or he's cutting a promo. Yeah, I think it's perfect because the United States title isn't really holding any weight as it is. So whenever he shows up, it's like a sought-after title and it's like you only get so many opportunities to go after the title. So it makes it even more appealing. So I think you put the belt, I think we both agree, you put it on Logan Paul, and that's really going to help build that belt, that title, and he's going to help elevate the the title. When do you, do you, in terms of the U.S. title, do you think there's any chance that we see Tatanka get a shot? (laughs) Well, you know what, there's been rumors um, the tribal chief is looking outside of his tribe and into a different <laughs> tribe, I've heard. And the Tatanka might, seems to be the chief of that tribe. He might be coming into the bloodline. 
<laughs> no, nah, just more of like a liaison, you know. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's give a shout-out right now. I want to talk about the Shinsuke Nakamura-Ricochet match. Great match. Now, this match is something where it's unique in its style of Ricochet, obviously, and his high-flying. He did a lot of cool things. I loved when he was kind of thrown into the screen and used the screen to do a backflip off of and catch himself. Obviously, the moonsault off the top. He did the same thing in the ring all of his Shinsuke. Yeah. When he ran up his chest and did the flip. This guy is unbelievable with the way he controls his body and just twists and just it's it's wild. Now, I saw them doing some chops there too and I liked that they were doing that because I feel like if he can mix in some of that, you know, hard hitting with his high flying, it's really going to take him to the next level. The match was good. Some hokey stuff like in the back when he did the thing over the referee and like kind of use the referee to like it was like, okay, you know, what's tough with me with Ricochet is the believability of some of his stuff. But he's next level in that niche, in that like that aspect of professional wrestling. And when you're doing that flip off the top, holding on to the fan, you know, the fans holding his hand while he's on the top rail and he's looking down at the guys in the alley and he does a backflip and takes out it. Like, that's awesome stuff. Like, that's just really cool. And shout out to them for putting on a banger and another great match. And uh, I thought it was well done. And Shinsuke hit the uh, the go to sleep, I believe, on Ricochet a couple times, which is going to bring me to our final topic before we're done. Timmy, you sent me a video this past week. And we've done a lot of, you know, I like to do a lot of predictions or try to like lay out where is this going to go and this and that. And I, and I get crazy with it sometimes. Are they teasing CM Punk? Is this him not signing all the work? And is he really going to be back with the company? You know, they you showed me this video and it's pretty, it's, it's, it's kind of convincing. You know, there's been several moments where they've used his lines, where they've used stuff from his, some of it a bit of a reach. But yeah. some of it, like, oh, this kind of adds up. Yeah, it's on the same plane. I look, you you are more of a CM Punk fan than I am. <laughs> you know his work really well. Um, I just find it funny. Like, there's a guy out there that's a a draw. He's a free agent. Um, I, I don't know what kind of money that you have to pay this guy to come come in, but. Uh, it just seems like if you're in the entertainment business, like this is a guy that you would want to be involved in your promotion. I mean, obviously he hasn't worked well with others, but uh, you know, who knows, who knows how, how to make that thing work. Uh, like just all the stuff that I see though, like from videos in the past and the pipe bomb and all the other shit that he does, it just seems like this dude's just a fucking loose cannon. And I don't know if it's even worth it, really. But, I mean, it it, it is strange. And I, I think that the WWE, I think the wrestlers are somewhat fucking with us right. as fans. And I think they're doing this stuff on purpose to kind of, because they know what kind of fans we are. We look for things like this, right? Like, and we buy into it and we go... 
Oh Some my! Of the best like, things about wrestling is this stuff. Yeah, yeah like the Nuggets, and they're like, "Oh my God, that means uh, the Undertaker's coming back." Like, like even like last week, right? We hear the bell at the end of the NXT promo, and we're like, "Oh my God, the Undertaker's coming back!" Right? Right. Well, it's, we were like, "Was that the Undertaker's bell?" Like, yeah. what's that about? Yeah, it's so weird, right? And these little things they do add up, and it makes us believe that you know something could happen, and. This is why we love the WWE so much is because there Anything is Anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. So um I I honestly the thing that blows my mind, and I know you're looking at your clock, Tom. Um I I can't believe that you did not bring up Gunther. Oh my god, we're not done. What the hell am I talking about? Last fucking subject. Good, you know what? Thank you, Timmy. I'm a dope. Hey, listen, everyone out there, we the, the Phillies playoff run has thrown this show for a loop, okay? There's not a lot of time to record. We get it done when we can. It's late at night right now. We've both been up all day, and I missed one, and I can't believe I missed it. Another banger. We can't give this guy enough props. Gunther is the best in the biz right now. He's top of the line. He's he's Every match is really, really, really good, if not great, and he makes stars Timmy, what do you think of the match? Ah, uh, man! It... <laughs> oh man, uh, dude, I was I was just like speechless, just because. Again, like Tom, your favorite your favorite line when we do this show is you like to see when wrestlers lay it in, right? That's your go to, and. Guther is a guy that does exactly what you ask for every single match. Every and, match. And every all, match. And, and whether it's he's carrying the match or whether that the other opponent is matching his level, because that's what happens sometimes. You bring out the best in your opponents, and they feel like they need to deliver um, – yeah, at their best when they when they they play the best, right? Like it's always like that that age old age old adage is like, hey, when you're the champ, you're gonna get yeah your opponent's best shot, and it seems like that's what's going on. Like they they raise their level every time Guther gets out there. They know that they're in for a fight, and it <laughs> the match. Is it was just incredible, man. Like you're watching it like this, like what is going on right now? And it's just raw. And did I, I sent a video out to, to you and the HJB and I couldn't stop laughing because there was a period in the, there was a spot in the match where they're going back and forth and dude, Gunther has the most vicious flare chops in all of wrestling. And that's, there's no debating that. Like he has the worst flare chop. And I'm, I'm sure that anyone that wrestles him is like fucking like losing their mind when they have to take these things. But he gets big Bronson Reed in the corner. And I think he Irish whips him. And Bronson Reed is sitting in the corner and Gunther runs essentially from the other side of the ring and flare chops him. With like a six, like a six step, like it's like a six step flare chop, 
It's one of the worst flare chops I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, dude, and, dude put me down. Oh, uh, it, it was so brutal. Um, but and then just, the, the the power bomb to end yeah. it was, yeah. and we were talking, and they did a great job of teasing that in the match where he was going for it early and he couldn't lift it. When it came down to it, dude, he picked him up like it was nothing in power bomb. Like it was a legit fucking power bomb. I was like, holy shit, dude. He slammed fucking Bron and Bronson Reeves 300 plus. You know, that dude's yeah. a monster. Yeah. It's not easy to get that guy up and running. Uh, the things that he does, Gunther, and, and how well he does it and how well he executes it, his face, the motion on his face, the way he carries himself in the ring, just. I mean, he's head and shoulders above the competition right now. I mean, he's the best wrestler in the business. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not even close, in my opinion. Um, it reminds Vulcan... me of, like, old school Flair. You know, all the old wrestlers are talking about how great Flair was. And if you watch some of his old matches with, uh, like, Ricky Steamboat or particularly with um, Terry Funk, and you talk about, like, this kind of style, I mean, they were chopping each other. You know, Flair used to be the guy that was the chop. You know, it's a Flair chop. You know what I mean? So it's it's almost like Gunther is going through this run similar to Flair's run when he was at the top of his career, top of the biz, and every match is just a banger and another one and another one. And he just he's just so he's so good. He's that good. Yeah, it's uh you know, it's a pleasure to watch, and I hope that we keep on getting these matches because uh, they are – it's a banger after banger after, after banger. banger after banger. <laughs> who we, who we miss, by the way? We miss Seamus. Come back soon, Seamus. Timmy, that's going to wrap up another episode of Jabroni Drive, this time for real. I think we've covered it all. Um, I will say one thing. When I talk about laying it in – there's a balance there, all right? You don't always have to do it. I know Gunther does. I'm just saying some of these guys that do more of the high-flying, more of the acrobatic stuff, add a little more laying it in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little more laying. <laughs> Timmy, anything you'd lay. like to say? What's that? Am I really laying lay it in there? You just got to lay it in. Just lay it in, yeah. yeah. We like to lay it in, and we appreciate you sitting here for our our flare chops during the show and if you like what we're doing please give us a like follow subscribe share tell your friends tell your family jabroni drive the hottest professional wrestling show and all professional wrestling shows say that 10 times fast timmy anything you got to say to all the schmidt and lavelleites out there before we sign off tom you you know what happens tom <laughs> you know what happens tom well you don't listen to the full episode of jabroni drive Huh? You know what happens when you turn it off early? You know what happens when, when you're like, oh, you know what, I'll get back to this a little bit later. You know what happens when you don't like what happens? When you don't share, when you don't subscribe. What happens, silly? Tell them. You just made the list! <laughs> stupid idiot. <laughs> you stupid idiot. You know what happens uh, when you forget about you forget about the Gunther and bring up Gunther on your show. You know what happens, Tommy? God, oh, no. 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 Don't you dare. Don't you dare put me. Don't. Nope. Don't do it. You know, you, you're a weird looking guy. You know that? <laughs>
Uh, for Timothy Schmidt, my name's Tom Lavelle. This has been another episode of Jabroni Drive. New episodes every week. Thank you for listening. Until next week, God bless you. God bless professional wrestling. God bless America. Sayonara. Hasta la vista.